What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I am your host, Adam Meredith. Welcome. We have a great show for you today. But before I get to my guest, I have to say thank you guys for tuning in. If this is your first time, welcome. I'm sitting down with interesting and awesome people from all walks of life. I'm meeting and chatting with these folks and just trying to gain some perspective. So thank you for joining along on this journey. If you are a repeat listener, you know what the deal is. I love you guys so much. I can't do this without you. I do have to ask you guys, if you're getting value out of the show, just do me a solid. Tell a friend. Bring us one friend. Each time you do that, it helps us grow. Also, if you aren't subscribed, hit that subscribe button. You may be listening and you might not be subscribed. These things help the podcast grow, and I couldn't do this without you. So I truly need you guys to do that. Uh, it just it makes this whole thing turn. So thank you, guys. Uh, big thank you to the show sponsor, st louis deck and fencing go to stldeckandfence.com check them out these guys are awesome if you're local to the st louis area and you are in need of a deck and or a fence give these guys a call you can call them at 618-670-4531 they will come out do a free quote for you walk you through the process they're very personable very friendly top quality work you'll love these guys tell them i sent you i guarantee you they will take care of you so one more time stldeckandfence.com or give them a call 618-670-4531 st louis deck and fencing all right guys my guest today i was very happy to make this one happen we've been trying to work this out for a little bit we haven't able we haven't been able to with scheduling, but we were finally able to make it happen. I'm sitting down for a round two conversation with Dr. Jacob Scherer. It's been a little bit since I've had him on. Uh, Dr. Scherer is a chiropractor. He is a nutritionist. He is a strength and conditioning coach. He specializes in acupuncture. He is uh, just a wealth of knowledge. He's you know a, a university professor. Uh, Man, I just really enjoy talking to to him. He just has a ton of insight. Very recently, he's been doing more in-depth fasting just as a regular protocol for himself. So I really wanted to to sit down and and really dive in deep there. So we do talk uh, quite a bit about fasting. I really enjoyed this conversation. This is one you may want to take some notes on. Uh, he's a very smart man. And uh, we, we definitely get in the weeds on, on a few different things. So without any further ado, let's get to the conversation. Let's gain some perspective with Dr. Jacob Scherer. So you, so you said you would need more? So, so this, is my, this is my water, right? Yes. Thank you. So, so if you were going to use calcium carbonate as your source, yeah, you would need to eat. You would need to ingest and take more calcium carbonate than calcium citrate to get the same level of calcium. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And same thing like with beef, right? It's like upper ninety percentile bioavailable. Right. So, fifty grams of beef, right, versus fifty grams of corn. The protein from corn, right, is not nearly as bioavailable 
because right. it is from beef. All right. So you can't just take 50 grams of corn protein. That's why it's not one-to-one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where, that's where I think, you know, like I get into the conversation with, the, you know, some of the, the people who want to go to a plant-based diet and it's like, you're going to have to eat more, right? To, to hit your protein needs and, and everybody's different on their protein needs. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you're a bodybuilder, you may need a greater protein need right? Yeah. And somebody who doesn't lift weights at all. Right. And so to get your amount of protein for what you're trying to do, right. From a plant-based style, you probably have to take in more food. Yeah. What does that do to your calories? So plant, I guess, depending on which plants you're eating, right? Right. Well, and see, there, there you go again. And that's the issue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like a, an avocado, right. Right. Which is mainly fat, fat, but you still have the nine calories per gram. Right. Right. Um, you know, you still have the four calories per program of, of carbohydrate and the four, uh, four calories per gram of protein. Yeah. Um, but, but vegetables and, you know, fruits, they have a, they have a high carbohydrate content. Um, but they're not high caloric. It's not like peanut butter. Right. Right. If you mm-hmm. eat like 50 grams of peanut butter, you're going to eat a lot of calories. Right. 50 grams of watermelon. Not a lot. Not even close. Right. Right. And right. it's going to be mainly sugar. Yeah. So it could put you in a situation where like either you're eating like a ton of food and maybe not getting enough calories. Exactly. Or yeah. it's like you're eating the wrong food and then you're just getting way too many calories. Correct. Man, that's a hard balance to probably strike. It's, man, it's so yeah, crazy. Man. So crazy. Yeah. And, and difficult. Now, what, magnesium, which, which is the difference? Tell me again, because now okay. I have this recorded. I can go back and. That's okay. Just, that's okay. Because so, I always question myself. So every. Let's not even use magnesium. Let's just use a, a generic mineral. Okay? Yeah, but I want to know which magnesium is good and isn't. Magnesium, uh, citrate, magnesium gluconate, those types of things. Um, My, so magnesium citrate, magnesium citrate is ideal? And magnesium lactate. They're all dependent. Right. Okay. Um, some have better bioavailability right. than, than others. Right? right. And what I can actually do is send you some of the links to, okay. to some of the bioavailabilities. Yeah. Um, we typically use like a magnesium lactate. A lactate. Right. That's super important with magnesium, right? Because mm-hmm. like you said, like you're, you're just bowel tolerance. Yeah. So, so magnesium oxide, basically what happens is your body can't break down the magnesium and the oxide. Okay. Right. And so, so now you don't get the actual magnesium from it. And it stays in the bowel, and that's why it takes stuff with it. Okay. Right. And so, yeah. whenever you're using like milk and magnesia, they use it for constipation. Yeah. Right. It's magnesium oxide. You load up magnesium oxide, almost kind of like the idea of loading up vitamin C. Okay. Right. So if you yeah. load up somebody up on vitamin C, they'll go to the bathroom. Oh, really? Yeah. It's oh. a terrible feeling. Right. <laughs> very, very bad bowel distension. You know, and and the um, I think it was Linus Pauling, if I recall, vitamin C. Regardless, he he took a ton, but everybody's different on their their bowel toxicities. You know, it kind of gets into the environment of what your bowel is. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Like what if what if you had a, a bunch of antibiotics? You know, your ability to absorb certain vitamins and minerals changes way down, yeah, dude. Right? Um, you know that that's just the GI lining, not your bacteria, not right, know, not the, the actual the, culture. Yeah, not the actual stuff that makes you mm. you that isn't you. Yeah. <laughs> the the listeners are probably super lost right now because yeah. they just jumped right into it. Yeah, we it. sure do. We sure do. Yeah. Right. I don't listen, that's okay. Yeah. But it's like so maybe to catch them up some a little bit, like we were just talking about just kind of supplements in general and you're mm-hmm. just like educating me and whatnot. Sure. Um are you supplementing when you're fasting at all or do you, well, like, it, what are your fat? Cause you're fasting like crazy right now. I do fast a lot. I love it. Yeah. Number one, I, I really don't love eating. 
right? Mm. Because it takes a lot of time, <laughs> right? I'm kind of one of those guys, like, whenever I'm in something, you have shit to, to do. Exactly, right? And yeah. then you have to stop and make all my food, and you have to right. make sure that you eat well, so you can't just go and, you know, McDonald's it or any of that kind of stuff. You have yeah. to eat food, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so with the fasting, it fell into my lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? And, and people ask me the questions all the time, is fasting right for me? And I have no idea. Right? Totally individual. Yeah. And, and not only that, but what I've really found about fasting is that what the quality of your diet leading up to your fast is, right? That's kind of what determines your success or your failure with the fasts. So maybe, so like, like how, if we're looking at like, maybe like a, like a healthy gut as like the, let's just say like, that's the ideal baseline okay. when you're fasting. Okay. So basically like how far. Is that the goal? To, to get a healthier gut? Or yeah. Your, I, okay. So I guess in my mind, let's just, because I guess if I'm just trying to like make a reference here, like let's just say ideally we all have a healthy gut. Okay. So we're starting with a healthy gut. Ideally that's where Perfect. we're at, right? Okay. Yep. So it's, it's, if that's where we're at, it's probably really easy to fast. It's easier. It would be much easier. Much easier to Abs- fast, right? Yeah, absolutely. So depending on how far off of maybe say that baseline mm-hmm. will dictate, maybe determine maybe how difficult it is for you. At, I think you hit the nail on the head. Okay. Yeah, I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head. You know, it's hormesis is probably one of my favorite words uh-huh. for the pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, Why is that? Well, it's it's basically this idea of because it was one of the things that I studied during the pandemic, at the very beginning. Okay. Um, I got more into hormesis, and, and basically what hormesis is is the study of all of these environmental stresses and what it does to your body. Mm. So exercise can be good or bad. Right. Right. Too much exercise can put your body into an overtraining state. Mm -hmm. And now the hormetic stress puts you into a negative adaptation. Right. Right. Or if you do the proper amount of exercise or, you know, even no exercise would be bad too. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But the proper amount of exercise creates a a proper hormetic stress that that creates a positive adaptation. Mm -hmm. Right. What would the positive adaptation be? Well, increase muscle mass, right? Decrease fat, those right, types of things. Right. Whatever, increase cardiovascular. Right, because right. we need stress, right? Yes. Because I think when people think of stress, mm-hmm. I know I've been guilty. It's like, oh, like the mental stress. Oh, stress from work, which is stress. Yes. But there's stress, like you said, exercise is a stressor, right? Yeah. Like the, the lights, like that puts stress on the body, right? Does it? 100%. Like yeah. All these, like if people are sitting inside all day, they're under fluorescent lights all day, you know what I mean? They're not getting fresh yeah. air. Like these are all different stressors, huge stressors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my, one of my mentors, Dr. Sean McCaffrey, um, he actually says the source of all stress is men, (laughs) mechanical, emotional, and nutritional. Okay. Right. I can dig it. So that gets into the Hans Selye gas, the, uh, um, general adaptation syndrome, right. Mm -hmm. That says stress comes in the form of physical, right. Chemical or mental. Okay. Yeah. And so, so basically you look at that and you say, well, what is, that stress. Well, that stress is a physical stress, the fluorescent light. Right. right? But like I'm going to tell you that physical stress may turn into a mental stress later on down the road. Right. And the inability to concentrate. And now mm. you end up with this feed forward. And, yeah. yeah. I notice sometimes when I'm like working on the computer all day, mm-hmm. I can feel my, just my, like mentally I get fatigued and I can feel myself unable to handle certain things as well. Big time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I can't process something maybe. I can't think as clearly or the words aren't coming as easily or something will happen and, and maybe I'll elicit an emotional response immediately. And it's like, yeah. oh, why did I feel that emotional response? Or it's like, dang, it's like I'm having a hard time keeping it together right now. I'm getting really fatigued sure. and I'm starting to get upset. So that's where I would tell you, check your blood sugar. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? And see if that 
might be part of the issue because one of the things I found with fasting for me in the beginning, my, my blood sugar wasn't regulated as well as it should have been mm-hmm. right. Or, or as well as it could have been. Yeah. And so I would go a little bit too high or drop a little bit too low. And that's whenever I would start feeling better. Right. You know? Okay. And, and a lot of thought goes into that's the anxiety and depression that we feel. Mm. Right? So when Those, you hit that point, that's more blood sugar. Um, possibly it's one of the things, of the things right. That think about. Yeah. So in, in, in the medical side of things, we would say the differential diagnosis, right? <laughs> like what are the lists of things that it could possibly be? Yeah. Right. You know, and, and it could be blood sugar, right? Um, it could be, if you're doing a fast, it, it could be bacterial die off. Mm. Right. Okay. And some of those bad bacteria could be dying. Right. Yeah. And so if you kind of, I know this is kind of a weird analogy, but if you think back to the, the old wars of like ancient Greece and things of that nature, they would stop battle and then they would allow you to clear the battlefield. Oh, to get rid of all the dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so why would you do that? Well, because pestilence would set in. Like right? The, like the we don't want to kill all of our soldiers. We right. want to get this done. and Right? And so if you put all your soldiers in the middle of a, a pestilent battlefield. Everyone's going to get sick and Good die. luck. Not if, right. With open yeah. wounds and bacteria all around. Yeah. And so, and so you look at that and you say, well, what happens with our bacteria? Well, it dies and then it floats down into the battlefield, our gut, mm. right? And then it gives off the toxicity, oh. right? And so then it has to go through out the system and get detoxified. Right. So, yeah. so that could possibly make you not feel the best. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a big time. It's called a Herxheimer reaction, mm. right? And so basically the toxicity from the die-off, right, has caused this kind of the yucky feeling, putrid yeah. feeling in yourself. Oh, okay. And one of the, the, the series of bacteria that are down in the gut are the putrefacants. Mm. Right. So whenever we hear that, that's putrid smell. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's down in our gut. Does that make your farts stink? Uh, you got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> part of it. Part of it. Yeah. But the putrefacants, right? Those are, those are bad boys. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. Is that, so if that does happen, is that part of the reason why if somebody is maybe newer to fasting or they're mm-hmm. trying to go keto or whatever? Like the keto get, flu. Get that yeah. keto flu. Is yeah. that what that is? That could be another part of it too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but, but you're also, you know, when, when you go from a, a carbohydrate, more carbohydrate based yeah. diet into the, the ketone or the fat based diet, protein based diet, there's a switch that takes over, right? You mm-hmm. are going to change up that bacterial overgrowth down mm-hmm. in the gut. It's going to take a while, but there is going to be some feeling. They don't, nobody I've ever, I've never really seen what is the ketone flu. Nobody knows what it is. We just kind of speculate on right. what it is. Yeah. You know? And so we may be experiencing this and we say that it's from ketones when in reality it may be coming from the Herxheimer diet. We don't really know what we're Absolutely. just, we're just guessing. Yep. And, and I think what you have to do is you have to look at nutrition and say, these are the different variables that could be affecting it. Yeah. These are the most likely. Right. right? And, and then you study those. Right. It's kind of like, you know, cancer with meat. You know, what um, do you mean cancer with meat? Well, there's the big study has always been that, that meat causes oh, cancer. meat causes cancer. Well, do we really know that? Have we have we controlled every variable? Did we look at what the the person you know? Did we even look at their gut bacteria? Right. right? Is there a way to standardize that? I don't know. There is, there's <laughs> just so much like bio like variability yeah. amongst humans. Like the diversity between us is just incredible. Oh my goodness! I yeah. don't know how you and, could. And some of the thought is, is that just by you and I sharing this space, your DNA and my DNA has changed. Right. And so how do you configure that into the element? Right? Yeah. And you kind of go back to basics, mm-hmm. right? Um, the basics are making sure that you're drinking enough water, making mm-hmm. sure that you're getting adequate vitamins and minerals. And that's a problem with some of the food sources today. Right. right? If you eat organic, you get a lot better 
a lot better chance of, yeah. of getting your stuff. Yeah. That's where I think the supplements come in. And so, you know, kind of long story short, back into the fasting, do supplements affect fasting? They can, Okay. but it depends on what you're fasting for. If you're fasting for gut health, right, um, some of the supplements like a fish oil carry a caloric value so your body has to break down that fat in some way shape or form so you're not technically fasting anymore at that we don't point, know or we don't know yeah sometimes okay. i wonder if it's like if it's if it's just like a fish oil you are breaking that down but it's like is it is that easier Does it kick you out of the fast right well and so and so i don't believe that they've studied that yeah and so the the two factors dr Rhonda patrick is the one that, that right. really kind of turned she's me on to great this. she's a monster i would love to meet her right yeah oh we'll get goodness. her on, on this <laughs> podcast make sure you invite me um, for real dude yeah. I, just, I would need you to translate <laughs> um, but with her it was two things that really kind of like drew me into what she was what, what she was selling um she talked about mtor right and okay. so basically what that is is the mammalian target organ for rapamycin right? okay what the heck does that mean? Yeah. It basically is your metabolism um, throttle, right? So That's what rapamycin is? Well, it, so this thing. This So, so the, this, this protein that, that binds with rapamycin. Got okay? it. Okay. And so it's basically a receptor site that, that rapamycin binds to. And so what it does is it slows down your metabolism, right? And it increases autophagy. Right. And so autophagy is basically whenever your cells kind of eat their own debris okay. and recycle and repair everything. Okay. Okay. And so when you eat food, especially bad food, you increase mTOR. Right. And so basically what you're increasing is your aging process. Increasing it as in slowing it down no, or no, making no, it go faster? making it go faster. Okay. Right? So, you're, so you're speeding up the aging process. Uh, okay? Is that whenever she starts talking about like your um, your telomeres and you start? And that's what I'm getting to. Into. Okay. Yes, exactly. And so and so the next thing that she got into was the, the end caps, right, on a, on a, uh, on a chromosome. Mm-hmm. And so the, the way I look at an end cap on a chromosome is like a cigarette, but backwards, right? Okay. The filter, right, is the protective part. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. And so as that starts to get cleaved away, right, you start to get into the more nasty part of the cigarette, mm-hmm. of the tobacco or of the, right. uh, even though the filter of the cigarette is bad news. But right. that's what the telomere is on the end of the chromosome. It's basically this end cap that gets planed off, right, and it's our genetic expression. Oh yeah. Okay. It's kind of like a, the first primary building block or the first process to, to rebuild and, and to activate those genes. Oh, okay? okay. Um, or rebuilds, not the proper word because it can also destroy. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so it activates genes that, that would be the, the proper way of doing it. Okay. And so back to the basics, okay. make this as simple as possible. We're kind of talking about epigenetics right that's now. That's 100% what this is. Okay. Um, if there's not any, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's what this is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if, if there's one thing that I could say that the, the next field right of, of healthcare should and, and we are we're investing yeah. in is epigenetics oh, yeah. you know um the problem is is that you have so many studies that just aren't done well right just kind of like that meat study yeah right and and that's the problem with a lot of the epigenetic studies is that, that it's very hard to control some of these variables yeah right um sometimes what we think caused it is not what actually caused the thing that we're looking at, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it may have even been a positive ordeal. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, my biggest concern always in nutrition is, is that I'm wrong, right? Um, but for the right reasons. I'm always scared <laughs> that people are so damn sure what everybody, yeah. should, be, what everybody should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So whenever... My, my thing with my patients is always this. What do you want to do? 
why do you want to do it, right? And then how can I create a program that facilitates that, yeah. right? Um, because I don't think that there's any wrong way or right way to do anything. Um, there are things that are better. There are some things that just aren't going to work. Like if you eat candy all the time, that's not going to work. Right. right? Um, but yeah, I mean, like if fasting's not great for you, right? Um, you can have lots of success eating six meals throughout the course of the day mm -hmm. and making sure that you, you balance your blood sugar and, you know, fasting might not be great for you. Right. You know, it's, it's not for everyone. I right. Don't think. And some things are like good for you now and maybe mm -hmm. not good for you later or vice versa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Depending on what you're doing and where you're at in life. Well, yeah. I mean like your hormones. Right? Yeah. Think about, think about the change in the hormone from 20 now into, to, to you know, 36, 40, 50 years old. That's way different. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 36 now. Okay, yeah, I'm 30. I'll be 34 at the end of the year. Yeah, so see? It's, How are things healing compared to whenever we were younger? It's different, man. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I'm still the same, but physically, it's not quite It's not quite there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I went out and did a little bit of pitching earlier yeah. this year. I'm glad that my, my ship stayed together. Yeah. I thought I was dead. Yeah. I know rationally, I'm not in a place to where I'm completely past where I can physically do things. You see a lot of men do very well, like late into their thirties at a very high level, mm -hmm. but still the, it's not the same as your early twenties. You have to do different. Right. You know, um, the, you know, Sean Woodson, even one of the things that he said to me was, I want to change my, my camp up for longevity. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's that Bernard Hawkins thinking. That's, that's how, so important. That's the, you know, it, it's such a young age to see him maturing already like that to say, you that's know, good. I don't want to screw my body up. I don't want to do that because I know that, that yeah. you know, we're in a demo derby mm -hmm. and I want to get to the fifth round. <laughs> and if I can't pull my car into the, into yeah, the he's, string, he's being smart about it. Very sure. smart. Yeah. Seems to be surrounding himself with a lot of good people. Yeah. You know, and it takes a team, you know, and, and right. that's what I really try to do whenever I, I went to chiropractic college and you know, I didn't go to be a chiropractor. I went to work with to be honest with you, professional MMA fighters. Like I wanted to build yeah. UFC fighters. I wanted to build a stable of, of guys that could compete at the next level. Yeah. Because in my opinion, if I could, if I could compete in the UFC yeah. with the stuff and help people compete in the UFC, then, then I could do other sports, you know, like right. baseball should be easy after fighting. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You so were a baseball player, right? Right. Yeah. Soccer yeah. should be much easier after fighting, you know? And, and so whenever you, whenever you study fighters and when you look at those movement patterns and you look at the nutrition and the injuries and the, the training that goes into it, that's not even what you and I grew up on. Mm -hmm. Those three didn't even exist. Yeah. You're right. Right. Yeah. It was just fighting. It's just you trained. Yeah. You went out there and you busted your butt. You, you ate. No pain, no gain, That's my friend. That's kind of how it was, you yeah, know? I, know I mean? And and so the, the game has changed. The game's matured. It, it's changing every day. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing some of the fighters starting to do fasts. Um, I think some of the, the, yeah, Diaz, the Diaz brothers do. Do like they? I think so. If not, I don't, I'm I don't sure. really follow fighters as much as yeah, I used to. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask you, like, are you are you seeing more of this, like, in fighter protocols? They're dabbling with it, okay. I think. Um, people are keeping a lot. Okay, so whenever, probably 10 years ago, five years ago, somewhere in there, mm -hmm. um, there was like this mass information get out of what, you know, MMA fighters were doing kind of with training. And I think everybody's kind of holding it back closer to their chest again. Because, right. well, I mean, it is the, it's the secret sauce that separates um, 
you know, American top team from the American uh-huh. Kickboxing Academy. And, you no, know, my and friend, the secret sauce of that is is uh, connections. That's true. That is the fucking <laughs> secret. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> they, got, they got Uncle Dana's number on speed dial. That doesn't hurt. That is the difference. Yeah, that doesn't hurt. But if you go in and you start taking down Goliath all the time, you right. know, they've got to start taking away. And that's what I love about the, the – that's what I love about MMA. You know, that's what mm-hmm. I love about combat sports, mm-hmm. unless you go to Russia where it's like the team combat sports, right? <laughs> yeah. they're, they're in the big They're doing like crazy they're stuff. They're pretty wild, but it's one-on-one. Yeah. You know, it's a bull ring. And for me, I was a pitcher, you know, um, blew my elbow out. And uh, that's, it's one-on-one with you and the batter. Yeah. You know, and, and it's it's nothing like fighting, but at the same time it is, you know. I mean, that's probably the only position on the team where it's like that. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? It's yeah. still a team sport, but that is a very individualistic pursuit in that regard. Well, I mean, if it's you're like going to catch a hundred mile an hour pitch back off the bat, yeah, you better have some good reflexes and you better have some head movement like a boxer. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You better. It gets crazy. So, um, but but yeah, that's you know, and and so kind of even into that, right? Now I kind of watch some of the major league baseball players, and they're all talking about nutrition, and yeah. they're all talking about the training, and they're you know the the major league baseball players, a lot of those guys watch what the fighters do. And, right. You know, because if you train a baseball player like the fighters, yeah. right, um, you get a good, really good result. Really yeah. Good result. You just have so many more variables that fighters have to train for. Yes. And it's very, I guess it's probably pretty easy to get, you know, imbalances and different things when you have very focused training for a sport like baseball or basketball where it's just. Baseball so easy. You know what I mean? Compared, just, to, compared to MMA and, and this stuff. I right. Mean, it's, it's, it's not even in the same ballpark. Not right. even close. Just not as many variables you got to worry about. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, th- just the, the trauma. You know, trauma, yeah. trauma changes everything. Yeah. You know, um, one of the trauma to the body. Yeah. You know, and, and Dr. Mark Gordon, he's, you know, uh, been on Joe Rogan a lot, um, with traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. and what it does to the hormone levels and, and, yeah. and it's, it's some scary stuff. And he was the first one that really showed me that, you know, you don't have to take a head injury <laughs> yeah, to have concussive like effects. Right. I mean, we're seeing that with just people who are just like avid, like jet skiers and stuff like that. hundred percent. You know, they just get jacked around a little bit and yeah. just get thrown around. And so basically, you know, you are this shell with a little shell inside of it and yeah. then a little shell moves inside the big shell and it hits it. And yeah. That's some crazy stuff to think about. Mm-hmm. Almost it scary. Really is. Like, it is. And you know, my, my, uh, my Thai boxing instructor, um, he had a saying, you know, I don't have students, I have friends, mm. you know? And so every kid and every guy that, that works with me that, you know, that's a fighter, it, it's special, you mm. know, like I really want to take care of those guys in the ring. I really want to tell them like in between fights, like, no, you got your bell rung. Like, I know that you want to fight next week. I get it. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, it's not the right time. Right. um, Slow those kids down a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've seen, like you said, you know, some of the things you have to have the connections. Yeah. If you don't have the connections, they'll offer you fights. Oh, yeah. All day. (laughs) Yeah. You'll find fights, man. Yeah. There there will be somebody. And and that's just not conducive to, to you getting better. Right. You know what I mean? How many fighters do you really see? And there are some phenoms, but 21, 22 year old fighters that are champions. Oh, you don't see it a whole lot. No, so so wouldn't you, from from a lo- logic perspective, and that's that's the, what I love about this. It's logic first. You know, your podcast. You you look for the logic and things. It's not just about the medical knowledge. It's mm-hmm. all right. It looks like this. Expand on that a little bit more with this knowledge. I'm super wary of the medical co- community. Me too. I don't really trust. Like our healthcare system, I don't trust it. Yeah, it's just 
we're it's just it's such a massive beast at this point and it the agenda is clear that it's not health care it's sick care yeah we're, we're taking care of sick people but we're we're not treating we're just treating symptoms we're not treating causes we're not actually trying to cure things we're creating patients a lot of times well how long have statin drugs been out dude right you know what i mean is heart disease actually going down no what does that do to your <laughs> gut um so well the short story um coq10 right is mm. one of the is one of the cofactors that our body uses yeah. to create energy to create atp Q10. yeah co- coq10 right yeah. and so the cholesterol medications tend to deplete the body of cogens on q10 mm. right and so now you start to feel sluggish right and so a lot um <sighs> It's hard to decipher whether the muscle soreness is coming because I'm 50 years old mm-hmm. or because I came from, you know, I just started taking a statin drug, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I think that that's always a conversation between you and your doctor, um, but it just, it, it shocks me and it's really hard to explain. I didn't have pain before. I took this. Now I have this weird muscle ache all the time that yeah. won't go away, you know. Um and, and sometimes it's not the statin, but there are documented cases of this taking place. Yeah. You know? And so now you go into chiropractors and you go to everybody else looking for a musculoskeletal issue when in reality, go back to men, yeah. right? <laughs> mechanical, emotional, nutritional. If you have a nutritional stress and you're trying to fix it with a mechanical fix. That's, that's not the answer. It's not. No, no, no. Oh, you need the same answer as causing the problem. Mm. So in that case, be removing yeah. So, so issue. it's, so for me, like a lot, and, and again, if it's chemical rather, yeah. Um, or you know, nutritional. what I, what I hear from a lot of my patients, you know, with chiropractic is once you go, you have to keep going back. I've heard that before. Yeah. I try to really get away from that with nutrition and with exercises and try to limit my, my patient visits with my, with my patients. Um, but what I will also say is, is that if you have a problem, that's a chemical problem, a nutritional problem. Yeah. And you're going to a chiropractor, a physical therapist, or a medical doctor all the time. They're putting a black piece of tape over your um, mm-hmm. check engine light. Yeah, and I don't think <laughs> these doctors are bad people. It's just they don't know what to do. They're just victims <laughs> of what they've been taught. Right. You know what I mean? It's a pharma. It's a pharmaceutical model of of what is being taught. Sure. In in, the, in their schooling, essentially. It's well, like, and, and what's the issue? This is a pill for that issue. Sure, but also like in their defense. <sighs> Is the medical field supposed to be equipped to deal with diabetes type two? I don't know why because they're... because of because of people overeating. You see what I'm getting at? Yeah, that's another issue. Yeah, right? and, and so and, and that so puts a stress on the on the on that community. Yeah, and and yeah. so I have a lot of friends in the medical field, and you know, in the beginning as a, as a young chiropractor, I was always, you know, why aren't they talking about that? They do. Yeah. People just don't want to hear it. There a is lot that. Of times. Everybody wants a quick fix. Yeah. And so the same thing, you know, that, that I don't know if you've seen some of my posts. I, I think that there needs to be better education and nutrition on in high school. 100%. And in and, and grade school. We don't really but, set kids up for success but in life. that also is dependent on the parents. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's a two-way street where a lot of teachers will say, well, the parents won't meet us halfway on this. And, yeah. And, well, I now you got a problem because the kid gets left in the middle. Yeah. You know? I wonder if that's kind of a situation where is it on the front end, maybe the schools have to pick up more slack where the parents are in hopes to create stronger kids to help fuel. So that way they are the parents who are better. You know what I'm saying? I think so. It's just kind of like you got to do a lot of shitty work on the front end to create better people. So that way I they think, can I create so. better people type deal. Yeah, I think you so. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder. 
and 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 it's hard. It's multifaceted. There's yeah. no, you know, it's not. You can't. We can't really just pinpoint one well, thing. Well, we but can't even still. get some of the some of the kids. You know, like I didn't really want to go home and study spelling. I didn't. I didn't study growing up. Yeah, I didn't even learn how to study. If really you would have told me to study older. nutrition, I may not have studied nutrition. No way. <laughs> no way. Um, so so I don't really know what the right answer for it is. Yeah. Um, I think that it's multifaceted. I think that to say that the blame's on the teachers, to say the blame's on the, the students, to say the blame's on anyone, really. Yeah, um, I, you can't really blame any person. I think we all just need to do point. better. <laughs> I agree. You know, um, yeah. Because there is part of it with the education, part of it's the information, part of it's getting it out there. The other part of it's the implementation. You know, it's 50-50 street. Yeah, yeah. You know, I took you off of, you were you were talking about tel- telomeres a second mm, ago, yep. and I, w- I wanted to ask you a question, and I, I know I took you off topic, but um, when we're talking about, because I'm, I'm always like, there's a difference between biological age and chronological age. Is that, is that, yeah. is that true, right? Yeah, and is, well... Or or do or do we have a misconception of what chronological age is? Whenever I think of chronological <laughs> age, I just think of just the number of years that we measure right. by societies. All right, well we've gone around the sun. That's that's a chronological age. Sure, but biologically, you may be much younger, or much older than that. Yeah, and like your biological organism, this meat suit that we have. That's what I think matters more. Right. Than anything is the biological age. Now, is that where telomere length comes in? I I would. I would argue that someone could potentially, right? And and again, I don't know if this is steadfast. Okay. But I would imagine that people who have a better biological condition, um, their telomeres would be in better condition, and they would potentially be longer as well. Okay. Yeah, I th- I think I think you can make that that argument. Right. Yeah. Um, you was, may find that that's a, that's completely incorrect. Yeah, see, um, I wasn't sure because that was kind of mm-hmm. my understanding. Is is that what? Is as, as I've read it and as I've understood it, yes. Yeah, I I would say that the that's kind of our understanding at the moment. Yeah, I w- I would think you know somebody that two people that have you know the exact same situations, the exact same variables, um, which would never happen. But but if that was to, to happen, yeah. If one person had a, a telomere that was twice as long as someone else's, I would expect that they would live longer. Hmm. And I would expect that they would have a better quality of life. Uh, okay. Is there... Unless there were other... Oh. Well, so whenever I hear that, I think of... So then in my mind, that means that there's like an ideal telomere length, or is there like a set... No, 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 no. So so you, you get what you get. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. The, so I guess in my mind, it's like, okay, well... But the rock it, probably has huge telomeres. But is it... Right? And, can and, you compare... Hmm? Can you though? I guess if, if in my mind is the way I'm thinking of it is okay. Say I have, this is my my telomere length. Right. Like this is where it started out at. Once you have a starting point, can you grow that? I don't believe so. So okay. So this is so then this is. That was this, actually something that I was looking up today. Right? So this would be like a hundred percent then. So I guess in my mind then, when we look at the telomere, we would we want it to stay here. Right. We would want it to stay as long as it as can, it possibly as can. possibly, yeah. As it can, yep. right? So yep. then once we start seeing deterioration, mm-hmm. then that can kind of give us a gauge on where we would, like, biologically Correct. Yeah. And, be, and, right? And again, unless I'm misunderstanding uh, Dr. Patrick, from what she has said is that once that telomere length gets to a certain length, that's when bad things start to occur, such as mm-hmm. cancers and those types of things, or death. Okay. So then I guess... Would it necessarily be then comparing if if yours is twice as long as mine? Would it just be like 
I don't know. I don't know that you can go that. And, and again, I think that was more like an oversimplification. Right, on I my get end. it. That's fine. And I'm just, I guess, so I just have an understanding. Is it just maybe how deteriorated is it from your hundred percent, well, whatever that, that is for whoever? And that's where I think it could be, because you you could also say that well, potentially having too long of a telomere may be a bad thing as well. Really? Well, yeah, right, because too big, too small anything in human right, uh, yeah. can kind of cause issues. Right. right. Um, I don't think that that's the case. Okay. But I would say that, that there's a potential that if you had a, a, an, an enormously long kind of extravagantly long telomere on the end of one of those chromosomes, you may end up with, with some type of, of a mutation, some mm. type of a, of a, of a, a phenomenon that doesn't happen in a typical human. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that'd be like an abnormally long. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so kind of into this, right. It's kind of funny that you bring this up because they tried to get into to the telomeres. I don't remember what year it was. They tried to do a telomer- telomerase enzyme inhibitor. What would that do? So what it would do is telomerase comes in and it cleaves off the end of that telomere. Okay. Right? And so that sets off everything. That's kind of like hitting the hitting the anvil, if you will. Oh, right? so they're trying yeah. to elicit like a response. And so when they when they inhibited the telomerase, it was basically, well, now you're not going to age. Well, it caused cancer. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that that's one step from playing God right there. Yeah. It really, I mean, if you that's, think that's about CRISPR it. CRISPR right there. We're on CRISPR. That's, that's a little a little bit down. But but how, how long until China has superhumans? I, I don't, they're already doing it. In Russia. Have you seen the... That's what I'm the saying. New study? Yeah, yeah. They're working with CRISPR for sure. They're working <laughs> on humans. I don't know. Bro, we do know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> no, not for sure. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, with the telomere, you know, I think that there's a lot to study. Yeah. I think that there's a lot that we're going to theorize, mm-hmm. hypothesize, and probably be wrong about. Right? Yeah. Um, but I think it just comes down to the, the old age. Thing yeah. of, you know, eat properly, get good sleep, yeah, drink good water, have good relationships. Simple stuff. Do the right thing. Um, speak well to yourself. I have a hard issue with that. Yeah. Now I'm thinking, dude. I'm so mean to myself. I was I thinking about this the other day. I am too. Sometimes. The shit I say to myself, I would never say to another human. Mm-hmm. I constantly call myself a fucking bum. I'm like, dude, you're yeah. being such a fucking bum right now. Like, quit being a loser. Like, <laughs> and it's just telling myself to get off my ass and do something. But it's like, hey, you just did all of the. I just ignore all the shit that I did do. Sure. So, oh, it's like, hey, how about the stuff that you did get done? That's the human brain, right? Dude. It's like, like for me, sometimes, you know, I, I look, I. I feel a really big benefit from taking my supplements, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm feeling run down, I don't want to take my supplements. Yeah. What do you think I need to do, Adam? Take yourself. Take my supplements. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's or, easy. Or I know that a walk's going to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. I know that exercise is going to make me feel better. Right. Why am I sitting in this chair watching Netflix? Logic and emotion. Yeah, you know, feels and, better to yeah. sit here, and that's that's kind of where in the it moment is. it does. Though that's the whole thing between that's like. That's, you're, you're getting probably dopamine in that situation, but you mm-hmm. want serotonin. That's what we fucking want. Yep. Yeah. That's that's the game. Yeah. Right? Um, and then the question is, how long does it last? You Which know, one? The dopamine. Right? Not long. Spike. That's why you always need back it. Back down. Yep. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and that's really what we've got to control, I think, with ourselves. Right, those dopamine responses, those mm-hmm. those quick, easy fixes of grabbing that food that, that's really bad for you, and 
you got to fight that. It's hard. It's very difficult. Yeah. You know, they've got the deck stacked against us. Especially with a lot of people working from home right now. Mm-hmm. I notice whenever I get home and I'll sit down at my computer and I'll start doing something, how just my mind will shift all because it's like I know I need to be in a work mode, but then I'll relax a little bit. There's like this little this little relaxation switch that gets hit, yeah. and I'm just not quite as sharp as I probably need to be. It's, it's almost like I'm constantly fighting like through this force that's trying to slow me down you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's all because of environment yes it's like it's like the the mental relation that i have to this environment yes yes yeah it's, association rather well that's why you can't work in the place that you chill out at right you know it doesn't it doesn't go really well for, for most people <laughs> it doesn't so yeah um but yeah, so so what's going on with you in in jujitsu or ah uh, jujitsu, bro? Yeah, man. I'm trying. I gotta keep, I have a competition tomorrow. Do you? Yeah. Oh, good. Jujitsu is fun. Like yeah. I don't. I'm not really on the the competition kick so sure. much. I enjoy doing it, but yeah. it's just it's just one of those things, yeah. bro. There's a lot of us out there in the world, right? And yeah. A lot of us doing jujitsu now. So I just it's, enjoy it's training. Cool. You're yeah. still training, right? Uh, you know, because of the little kiddo. Um, not so much. Not so much. You're just being you know, a dad these days. Marburger was really giving me uh, crap about it was the other he? day for for not coming. So I, I think you know, I he and I were supposed to hang out like two years ago. We just never, yeah. never did it. He's awesome. He's one of <laughs> my best friends. We, we have a great time. I like him a lot. Yeah. He's just a funny motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, he, dude. He has a good time with my son. Does he? Yeah, it's gonna be pretty wild. So it's probably yeah. gonna be his first year to get back in there, man. I know, I know. Well, I've been doing some with him, kind of rolling around on the ground with him. It's yeah. not the same, but um, I think I got back in there about a month ago. Oh, nice. Yeah, just to get back in there and kind of say hi to the guys and stuff like that. It was kind of it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know, what's up, man? I enjoy Make it. Make sure that it's still kind of like riding a bike a little bit to, to a certain degree. Yeah. yeah. It's it kind of like what, what Sean said. You know, he said, I didn't think ring rust was a thing until I experienced it. Timing. That. It's timing. Yeah. 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 That's, that's um, you know, I've I've learned a lot from that man. Sean? Sean Woodson. Yeah. 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 From listening to him and, and some of the stuff that he says. And, you know, it's um, even if I've heard it before, it just kind of reinforces Sometimes it. Sometimes it's just how you hear it. It really is. Yeah. Because, you, know? um, you know, I think it comes from a place of, you know, that's that's what he does. You know, he's he's genuine in that, right. that respect. So you know? it probably hits a little harder when. Yeah, you know, and and the other thing is, there's been very few times where he's not done something that I've asked him to do. You mm-hmm. know, and so those type of people that that kind of carry that that torch a little bit, it, I kind of pay attention to a little bit. Yeah, more. character goes a long way, man. It does. You know, it really yeah. does. So yeah, it's it's been fun helping him get to the next level and seeing him what he do what he does and, yeah you know and getting rid of those injuries and just getting out of his way yeah you know that's the biggest thing i think for for most of us that are coaches or mm-hmm. you know that are on teams is we try to do so much with our athletes sometimes that sometimes we just need to step out of the way yeah you know like with the nutritional protocols you know you'll see some crazy stuff from some of these nutritionists and you're like yeah what's the real benefit you know and and it's kind of like with drag cars too. You're spending ten thousand dollars to get one horsepower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I feel like some of these protocols. Maybe I'm just putting my own opinion here now. I feel like the aim should be metabolic flexibility. Yes. And that's not usually addressed enough. It's we get. That's a great term. Yeah. It right? really is. I love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you want to explain that to the people. 
You can probably put it in better words than I can. Tell me what you think about so it. So I think metabolic flexibility, simply put, is just your ability to either operate using fat or carbohydrates. Okay. That's how I look at it. Like, how easily are you able to switch between those energy systems? Yeah. I, I, I think that that's I think that that's definitely a, a probably the, the pretty, hugest part of it. That's very simplified, yeah. obviously. I don't have a super, like, but not really. complex understanding, but that's how I look at it. I'm just like, okay, well... Your ability to thrive on different food sources um, and, and and to be able to resist stresses. To resist stresses. Yeah, right? That's what we're really about. Okay, because that would be your body's ability to handle stresses. Yeah. It would be resisting them. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, because I feel like it's kind of even circling back to like fasting – Oftentimes, most people are very carbohydrate-based, right? Right, which is why when you start fasting, you get those blood sugar drops, and you're feeling hangry, and it's really hard to to adjust. Oftentimes, because you're not fat adaptive. I think you just explained what happened to me in the beginning. Yeah, hundred percent. I was a little bit more carbohydrate-based. I started to get more into the fat and the protein base, right. where I should have been to begin with, um, and and I think kind of like you said, I had a carbohydrate intake. I did a couple of fasts that threw me into more of a ketosis type Yeah. down that, that, that paradigm. Um, and I, and I think that that's one of the big things that I struggled with in the beginning of the fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's a challenge for a lot of people. Yeah. And like you said earlier, it was, it was really a good point that you made. Um, it may not be right for you now. Right. You got to do work and yeah. that may be the cat. I mean, I love it. You know, it's my style of eating. Um, yeah. I, I heard Terry Crews eats in like a two hour window. Two hour window? Yeah. And wow. I'm like, oh, let's his, go. His meals are probably massive. His genetics are just awesome. That's aren't a superhuman they? He's right a there, monster. Dude. Yeah. In a, yeah. That's a guy so. who could do pretty much anything he wanted to do. I think I mean, so He played too. in the NFL. He's yeah. obviously super entertaining. The dude dances like a madman. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so yeah, was in the longest yard. <laughs> he was, was wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I guess that's where you like you could probably start like dipping your toe into fasting. Maybe do a little intermittent fasting. Maybe prepping your body to be more metabolically flexible, so that way you can get more benefit from it. Yeah. You, I. Well, you know, people ask me all the time: Is fasting number one? Is it safe? It's a hundred percent safe. Eat. That's all you have to do if you start getting, yeah. if you feel bad, right? Right. What I would say though is like if you're gonna do a, you know a crazy fast or a long fast and you're gonna do something a little bit more aggressive, you know don't go operate heavy machinery. Right. You know, don't go carry your kids. Don't go mess around with you know in a swimming pool or some crazy stuff like that. Right. Because your blood sugar can can pop out and you could experience you know fainting or, mm-hmm. or dizziness, some crazy stuff like that. I mean, could you imagine you're driving an 18 wheeler? Dude, and well, yeah, I the mean, amount of people who drive sleep deprived is just as scary. You know, <laughs> plus, then your your blood. So that's kind of where I would say you got to be a little bit careful with it. But but you know, for the most part, it, yeah, you know, your body's not going to make it feel good if you're starving. Right. Right. Um, but the other thing that I would say about fasting is that our body was 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 able and designed to deal with an. Uh, an underabundance or a lack of food than an overabundance of food. Right. Yeah. It's a weird thing because that hunger feeling when you're fasting, you're going to feel hungry. Yes. Depending on how long your fast is and who you are and whatnot. Like when you feel that, that isn't necessarily a bad thing. You can 
work through that feeling and the feeling will go away? It can just be some of your hormones, you know, something like a ghrelin um, spike. Okay. That'll that'll make you hungry. Yeah. Because ghrelin is the hormone that makes you hungry, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And and then so, and then it could also be maybe you're mistaking that hunger for being thirsty. Could be. Because that could also be the same feeling. Is that right? A lot of people are dehydrated. Right. Well, and, and that was one of the tricks back in the day that they would tell us, you know, whenever I was trying to do like stupid dieting where we would <laughs> cut our calories and, and that sort of thing and it was just not a good idea yeah back to that hormetic stress you would lose weight then all of a sudden you start putting on fat oh huh, that's weird yeah because you boosted your cortisol through the roof and your body went into starvation mode and oh. said oh i need to hold on to these these fat uh calories yeah, yeah and then you blow up exactly right yeah um you'll see it in the mma fighters all the time yeah all um, the time and not, not to pick on on uh, ronda rousey but <sighs> You, you watch her in the beginning of her career, shredded, mm-hmm. and then towards the end, right? Yeah. And you see it in a number of fighters, but I really saw it in her, and it just, it was, the step wasn't there anymore. She right. didn't have the speed anymore. It's probably she also a little bit harder with her being a woman. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Just yeah. because their hormones change changes the game on completely. a regular basis yeah. monthly. So yeah. it's, it's but, I tell but, my, my fiance all the time, like, it's harder for you to lose weight than it is for me. Absolutely. It just is. Mm-hmm. So it's like, because she'll be like, oh, all you have to do is just stop eating yeah. like shit for a week and you're already looking better. And it's just like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, well, like look at Vitor, Belfort, mm-hmm. right? Super soft. Uh-huh. Well, that's also part of the TRT. 100%. Yeah. Because right? when you do TRT, you stop your natural production. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and so there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And you know that, that he was still probably training as hard as he, or at least trying to train trying as hard to. as he once was yeah. and pushing that cortisol through the yeah. roof. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's well, you good. also see that with wrestlers a mm-hmm. lot where Big gut. when they're young, they cut, 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 and then they get a little bit older and oh, then they, right, right, right. they blow up. I thought you were talking about pro wrestlers. Oh, no, not pro wrestlers. <laughs> that's, that's a different guy. Right. Yeah. No, just like, like wrestlers, like whether it's, you know, high school or college or even, you know, higher level Olympic wrestlers. They cut weight so much that whenever they're done doing that and they're not quite as active, they blow the fuck up. They get super heavy. And so I think that a lot of people in the epigenetic side of things would say that they were pushing their telomerase real hard when they were when they were doing that. Too much stress. Yeah. 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 Dude, that's tough. So what's a good protocol if somebody is trying to get into fasting? Fasting. It depends on what you're trying to do it for. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to broad. What I, what I would what I would typically do is tell people to start out with intermittent fasting. Yeah. You know, I think that it's a I think that you're not going to set yourself up for like this crazy mountain. Yeah. You're going to set yourself up for a molehill. Okay. It's probably a good idea to see if you can, you know, wake up and go 6 hours yeah. without eating instead of setting in your head, "Oh, I got to do a 96-hour fast." Yeah. Because if you set it out to do 96 hours, and you're some crazy person that can push themselves and push themselves and push themselves mentally to do so, you may cause, well, I don't think you're going to hurt yourself. Um, but, but you're not going to get the benefit of it and Mm. it's, it's going to be miserable. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah. If you're just completely like, well, and, and there's a lot of people out there that, that they have some pretty euphoric experiences whenever you fast, Mm -hmm. you know, I was Um, watching the show called alone. Where okay. they, they drop people off in wilderness and they have to survive oh by boy. themselves. Yeah. <laughs> this one dude went way too long without eating. Well, mm. The problem is he had all this food and he started hoarding it. Mm. And he got the situation where he 
lost too much weight and they had to medically pull him because he just was just but he went so long just calorie restricted he was basically like hallucinating and just felt super euphoric felt great on the verge of fucking dying but felt amazing Mm -hmm. he said so it's just weird what the body will do i think it's the natural defense mechanism Mm -hmm. I think you, you don't know, want to go out feeling like shit. It's right. like, hey, bro, we're about to die, but yeah, like <laughs> you're somebody, with God right now. Like yeah, <laughs> somebody that's in, you know, cold the cold shower people. Yeah, like, myself included. There for a while, like you know, I was doing a lot of cold showers. It feels good. It does. What's wrong with us? Yeah, it's not my favorite <laughs> thing to do. I don't really enjoy the cold, to be right? honest. But when no. you do it, it feels so good. It afterwards. does. Yeah, it does. Um, and and so I think you know, you you've got to really narrow down what your goal is. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and so this is kind of what I would leave us with, you know, the, the big three that I saw, right. Um, was gut health, mm-hmm. metabolism and anti-aging weight loss. Okay. Right. Um, those two, right. Um, it's one of those things that you can probably get by with a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Okay. For gut health, right. Um, the coffee may matter, right. Because caffeine may have an effect on the bugs down in your gut. In a negative way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Um, so that's something to consider. Yeah. The fish oil that we were talking about earlier counts more when we're going for gut health than it does whenever we're going for metabolism and we're going for anti-aging. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So it just depends what is your goal. Y- exactly. Because that's where there's different types of fasts. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. 100%, right? And and so, so a lot of the religious fasts, they fast everything. Yeah, not water, even water, food, everything. Everything. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so you've got to look at what your goals are. Yeah. What you are trying to accomplish and really where you are at right now because uh, you know, back to it, if your diet's not yeah, solid. Yeah. Okay. It will make fasting a lot harder. Yeah, it will. Right. Um if you don't have your blood sugar under control, it will make fasting a lot harder on you. Especially from the neurological component, right? Because you're gonna feel hungry. Gonna, I, I can you, go, are, you are 100 percent gonna feel hungry. Dude, I can go hours and hours and hours and not feel hungry. And mm-hmm. People think that's weird, but it's just like no, it's just yeah. kind of normal. You and I are very similar in that. Yeah. Now, now my wife, nope. Yeah. Hour two, three hours, she is starving. Yeah, my know? my fiance is the same way. Yeah. Um, and so what she's trying to do is figure out how do I increase this window. Yeah. How do I increase this window? And she'll get there eventually. Yeah, it's just it takes a it's long just time. Just a different path. We, you know, I don't know if your family um, was medically minded growing up or if they threw, you know, medical out to the wayside, but, you know, some of the antibiotics and those kind of things. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I can remember getting antibiotics. Yeah, I had, an, I had antibiotics growing up. Yeah. And most of us did. Get an ear infection and they give you antibiotics. Absolutely, right? And so that destroyed all the bacteria in your body. Yeah, I was not a healthy kid. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I had terrible seasonal allergies. I was a little heavier for sure. So yeah. that was just the times though. It was. Um, yeah, and Doritos and soda and yeah. all that stuff. Dude, so. I want to be respectful of your time. So yeah. I want to ask you another question though. Sure. Um, because you made a statement off camera, which we should probably address, which is breakfast is the most important oh, meal yeah. of the day. So yeah. I want to address that because it obviously is relevant with fasting, which we've already probably already addressed it mm-hmm. talking about fasting in general. But I do want to address it in the sense of like kids. Yeah. So kids and fasting yay or nay and and <sighs> is breakfast probably an important meal for them well shouldn't we be looking at their performance right how are so they how doing well, in school how, how are, are they, they doing adjusting? on sports how are how are they feeling yeah you know um if you really want to get nutty with it check their blood sugar yeah right um 
I don't plan on doing that with my son. Yeah, right? I, just, I just feel like they have different needs. And they one hundred percent have maybe different needs. Maybe we should just give them the fucking food in the morning, and and, not. and that's what you got to look at. Like yeah. if they're hangry in the morning, right? I'm not going to make my son fast. Yeah, you know. Now, Sometimes my son isn't as hungry in the mornings, yeah. and I'm just like, ah, just depending on the day. It's like, man, I. But it's like if I know he's gonna is gonna be a couple hours until he's he's gonna get hungry. In between the time between now and he actually has access to food, yes. it's like, dude, maybe you, you just got to eat, bro. And they'll go zero to 60 real quick. Yeah, dude, it's like because he doesn't understand. They oxidize their, their food. They oxidize everything very, very quickly. They break it down very, very, very quickly. So yeah. that, that's kind of where I would. We could probably go deeper into this later, but because kids are a whole other topic. Yeah, kid, kid nutrition is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, to me, so we're talking would, about adults. Yeah, so for me, what I would say with kids is keep them fed. Yeah, just to keep it simple. Keep those kiddos fed. Um Probably until skeletal, right with maturity. And all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just fucking why, it down there. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, because like don't overfeed them. Right. Yeah, that's but, the thing. But, it's but like but why right. wouldn't we? Right. Why wouldn't we at least you know adequately feed yeah. them? And and that gets into what does the kid need? You know, and and from my perspective, it is way too many carbohydrates and and what I see in most people's diets for their for their kids. Really, they're getting too many. I know, yeah. I know, I've at least what I was my understanding. Maybe correct me that it was my understanding that that kids and women tend to do better with carbs than maybe men do in just in a general sense. But kids in particular, they tend to process carbs better than adults see i would actually say that women do worse with carbs really oh yeah okay yeah um i don't know i I think i think you got to watch it you know like Mm -hmm. give your kid a stick of candy and then give your kid some peanut butter and see if he has to go wackadoo on the candy and he might be okay on the peanut butter yeah you know but if you give him like peanut butter and like toast yeah for sure well you know either or oh yeah maybe peanut butter yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. That was one of my favorite things in men's health. Eat this, not that. Yeah. Right. Um, but but yeah, usually yeah. In, like back in our day, peanut butter was kind of one of those things that you wanted to stay away from. I grew up around people who didn't eat healthy growing up. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that wasn't really like for me. But I just remember I, where I did grow up was you always finish your plate. Yes. Like always. And so it's like sometimes like with, like especially with my kids, I'm like, all right, well you're done, you're not hungry. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Or it's like maybe we ate a later lunch or a later breakfast or something and maybe we're coming up to lunch one kid's hungry and the other one's not all right well you don't really need to eat lunch right now mm-hmm. not not a, not a huge deal i think we need to listen to kids a little bit more so like for me yeah um like in high school especially in high school yeah okay that's where i think that the game changes yeah right middle school depending on the kid right mm-hmm. um but high school definitely like if you have a kid that that feel sick after eating breakfast first thing in the morning don't eat it. yeah you're, there's you're a really, lot of people nowadays that do not eat breakfast and they do perfectly well fine. and and yeah especially in I, high school right you really transition to your yep, adult self at that point absolutely and so what i would say is as long as they're performing well as long as they're not having you know blood sugar crashes um headaches are a really good sign of that Okay, mm-hmm. but like we talked about, there can be other things that, that yeah. do that. Yeah, we'll have to talk about headaches some other. One hundred percent. We gotta have another conversation. Sure, 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 sure. That's yeah. not a problem. At all. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I, and and again, you know, you come off sugar, you're gonna have some headaches. Right. That's just the, that's just the it. name of the game. Yep. Sometimes you gotta get to the bad to get to the good. Mm-hmm. Yep, hundred percent. You know, and and so that's why I think that we should, you know, when, when you get a choice to eat, you know, fruits. Um, versus a candy right for a snack yeah choose that fruit always always get, get the fiber yep um and then you know increase your fats that's what the cells made out of avocados are a great call right um it's avocados 
quote-unquote superfood. It really is, right? Mm -hmm. Lots of unsaturated fats in it. It's really solid for that. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of caloric value from that. Right. Um, And then make sure they're getting their protein. You know, pretty simple um, stuff. It really is, you know, yeah. and, and kids are really cool, right? They can do a lot of really good growth, um, even with the, not the best materials to start with. Yeah. So, so, you know, if you give a kid a, a chance and you give them the, you know, a decent food, a decent meal mm-hmm. versus something that could be <laughs> yeah. less, you know, um, if we're always eating grilled cheese every day, yeah, no it starts bueno. to get a little hairy, right? right. Um, <laughs> yeah, but 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 if we're eating, you know, cans of peanut butter and the kid, you know, is thriving, then uh, then I think that we're on the right st- yeah. step with everything. So right on. Yeah. Well, brother, thank you so much. Yeah, man, um, these are always fun. Is um, there anything you wanted to leave the people with? Direct them towards. Yeah. Yeah. So the the big thing that I would say is is if you are going to try fasting just do it and see how your body adapts to it. <clears throat> Don't give yourself any, you know, expectations on how far you need to go, you know, and, and another good way to, to really see if you can fast is to be checking your blood sugar throughout the course of it. If your blood sugar tanks yeah. and you're feeling crappy, maybe your body's not in that, that proper position to, to, to start fasting and, and, you know, really doing what it needs to do whenever to, to get yourself through the fast. Yeah. So maybe you need to prepare your body. At and that and that's, that's kind of what I would say is, and that's what we do. Right. Um, my wife kind of laughed at me the other day. She's like, you know, you're getting a lot of attention for this fasting. I'm like, yeah, but it's your diet that that made my fasting success for my, for me. Right. And she's, she's the key behind the, Oh, she behind is. the scenes that people don't realize, right? Oh, she's she's the one who got your health oh, and, she's and shit on the right track. With, yeah, because you eat every day, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, <laughs> well, unless you're not eating that day. Yep, and she's the one that cooks everything for me, you know, and and so she's the one that makes sure that I eat, and she gets on me whenever I don't eat. <laughs> That's the big thing, mm-hmm. right? For most of us, we are not eating enough. Some people are very under, and and that would be the last thing that I want to leave with is is with fasting. You, when when you are doing an intermittent fast, you still have to hit your caloric goals. If you don't hit your calorie goals and you're fasting in that, in that little window and you missed a meal, that's going to come back and bite you in the butt later on down the road. Yeah, it all compounds. hundred percent. So, so under eating, right, is just as bad as overeating mm-hmm. in that regard. Now, just because we're able to deal with starving doesn't mean we should. Yeah. Right. And so you've got to look at, we're not trying to starve with fasting. We are trying to repair ourselves with fasting. We're actually trying to, to elongate our lives. If you were to starve yourself, you would reduce your lifespan. There's a difference there. Big difference. Yeah. It's fine line, <laughs> but, it, but it is a big difference. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I really appreciate you having me, Adam. I think that you're doing really, absolutely. really cool stuff. You guys have had some really cool, cool guests on here. And thanks man. We all have a little bit of a different perspective. Yeah. Um, but but I think that, you know, we're all traveling towards that same goal of trying to get our human performance a little bit better. So, you know, anything that we can ever do to, to facilitate that, we're all for it. Right on, dude. Thanks, yeah. brother. All yeah. right, everybody, I'll see you next time. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. I'll, I'll have to go back and listen to that again. Um, again, if you are, though, getting value out of this show, do me a solid. Tell a friend. Bring us one friend. Leave a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe share, follow on social, all of these things, they help, and I cannot thank you enough for doing them. They truly mean the world to me. Uh, Listen, I just do this because, one, I do absolutely love 
connecting with all of these amazing humans but i do really enjoy sharing these conversations with you guys so if you could just help me out and help the show grow it'll it'll be a win-win for everybody um also go check out imposed will you can save 10 percent off of an order by using the code outside when you check out imposed will is my company and imposed will is all about the mind it's founded on the simple philosophy that the mind is the key to achieving any goal so if you are a person who is truly into mindset who who believes that you can accomplish anything then come join our community we have a lot of great apparel check us out again you can save 10 percent when you use the code outside at checkout and I, I gotta say i look forward to having you guys join us so that's all i have for you today i love you i will see you next time we'll be back very soon with another episode till then bye Mwah.